Welcome to a new day, a new moment. Welcome to a safe place where women can come together to share, to learn, to grow, and to become. I introduce to some and I welcome back others, Herversations, hosted by yours truly, Nakia Wright. What is Herversations, Nakia? So glad you asked. Yes, Herversations is a branch off of an organization that I own, A Woman's Voice Matters. Have you ever thought of what you get when you desire to make a difference? When you mix that with victory of outliving your own choices, add a little structure here, strategy there, and the end result is an unstoppable force of living proof vessels who vow to make a difference in every life we encounter. A woman's voice is comprised of some modern day history makers, Charmonique, Diane, Hadassah, Laura, Tashia, and Marcy. I affectionately call them my dream team. Together, we impact, educate, empower, and encourage women of all walks of life to live and be the absolute best versions of themselves. Life is the thing that happens in between our plans. And when life happens, whether you have $2 in the bank or $2 million in the bank, life has the power to steal your dreams, victories, and your voice. While I will never confess to have all of the answers, I will confess to being living proof that if I can survive Nakia, you can survive you. The grave has too many answers. Every mistake you ever made is somebody else's roadmap to success. Flawed people are the only ones who know the way out. Flawed people are you. Flawed people are me. And I am sending a clarion call to every ear listening that if you ever made a mistake or a choice in life, join me and my dream team on the journey to the best versions of ourselves. We are stronger together. The more we are, the mightier we are. If you are not doing so, please make sure that you're following us on all of our social media platforms. You can find us at AWV Matters. Again, that's AWV Matters or online at www.awvm.online. Again, I welcome you to Herversations. My name again is Nakia Wright. I would not be who I am if it was not for a powerful vessel that God allowed me to carry his last name. I'm giving a shout out to my amazing husband, Donald Wright. He is my cheerleader, my headache some days. <laughs> he is my gift from God. He is the absolute best thing that ever happened to me. I am grateful. I literally am living proof that when he wakes up every day, that I make sure that I am the present that he thanks God for every single day. Now, I, I don't always miss, I don't always make that mark. Let me be quite candidly, but that is a lifetime goal. I'm honored to walk life with him and I'm honored to be Mrs. Wright in every facet of life. And I will be remiss if I would not give all honor and all glory to my Lord and Savior, Jesus Christ. He is the one that keeps me. He is the one that adds grace to my life. And he is the one that I will serve all the days of my life. So here we are. 
another edition of Herversations. And today I am extremely honored to share a moment with my sisters, Fatmata and Yolanda. Um, but let's listen, Fatmata and Yolanda, hello. Thank you for joining me today. I'm so excited. Yes. Before they introduce themselves, let me briefly share with you how I met Yolanda and how I reconnected with Fatmata. This trio of sisterhood in the midst of a pandemic, in the midst of political unrest, in a time where racism is loud and blatant, decided that their lives, their voices, and their passion to help others will lead them to an answer called Emerge. When Listen, shameless plug, I'm putting it out there right now. Emerge is an organization whose sole purpose is to increase the number of democratic women in public offices. Emerge with currently 70% of our alumni either in office or running for political office um, is single-handedly changing the face of politics. While this is a national program, we are proudly a part of the Maryland chapter who are fearless, bodacious, yet compassionate leader, Diane Fink is leading us to, well, we call, you call her Diane. We affectionately call her Mama Diane. She is leading us to places that we never thought that we could be in and the way that we're getting there. Um, she is truly a heart that blesses everyone that she's encounters. So ladies, as I'm going to ask you to introduce yourself in just a moment, um, I believe in giving people their flowers while they are alive. And today your words will be your flowers. Um, can you not only introduce yourselves, tell the world of our Herversation listeners who you are and what you do. Can you please share with us the sentiments of Emerge and our mama, Diane? I'm going to start with you, Yolanda. Well, good morning, ladies. I hope everybody's doing well. Um, my name is Yolanda Quintanita. I am a community advocate. Also, too, I work for a local government agency doing policy and financial management around human trafficking, domestic violence, and any crimes against women and children. So for me, I love myself some Mama, Di some Mama Diane. She is amazing. I mean, she just is really just a fierce leader to help just guide us women and uh the god has just granted her a beautiful beautiful discernment of helping people like she is amazing um she taps into us women to make sure that we're empowered to do our best to make sure we have a voice like one of the word uh, one of the books she always says what makes us read is the well-spoken woman speaks out and this is what we go by um and we are about that so I'm yes. so happy to be here and enjoy enjoying you guys. So thank you. Oh, that oh please. I am honored to be before you. And again, let me just add another shameless plug. Emerge Maryland remains its posture in helping women such as ourselves. Um from donations from you, donations from me. And if you're listening to us today and you have a heart for advocacy and you're looking for a place to sow on good ground, Emerge Maryland is good ground to sow in. 
I would invite you to visit their website at md.emergeamerica.org. Not only will you find additional information about the organization, but you'll also um, have an opportunity to donate. Again, they are literally single-handedly changing the face of politics as we see it today. Their desire is to see more women in elected offices. So I ask each of you that's listening or invite someone else, visit emergeamerica.org today and donate to them. But make sure you put the MD. It's a national organization and we are representing the Maryland chapter. Fatmata, you and I met while we were working on Maya Rocky Moore Cummings, the, the, the wife of our late Elijah Cummings kitchen cabinet. Um, it was an honor to be in the midst of um, Maya. I mean, the Honorable Maya Cummings. Her compassion was contagious. Strength is the first thing when I think about when I think of Maya. When we were working for her campaign, if you remember, um, the late Elijah um, Cummings had passed a few months prior to Right after his passing, she had just had a double mastectomy. And while she's healing from a double mastectomy, she's building her campaign team. When I think of strength, her face is the first face I think of in this season. So let me just um, ask you to introduce yourself as well and to share not only your sentiments for a Emerge, um, our mama, Diane, but the Honorable Maya Cummings as well. Fatmata, who are you? What do you do? I am Fatma Tabari. I am an attorney. I practice immigration and special education law. And I also work with nonprofit organizations. So in other words, I help nonprofits register. I do consulting for them. And that's what I do for a living. Um, I'm also a community organizer and community advocate here in Montgomery County for several years, part of many grassroots organizations here and have worked to um, on issues dealing with police brutality and things like that. Um, Emerge, I did the test of Emerge a couple of years ago before I ran for office in 2018. And it was amazing, it was just a day, it was just a Saturday, but from then on, you know how to say get a taste of something and that's exactly what it was, test of Emerge, I just knew I had to get back in there. I was too late that year, and but I knew I had to get back in there and it's just been amazing. I've met the most amazing women um, uh, Diane, for the several years that I've known her, she's always been the same person. Like she has, when you meet her somewhere and you have a conversation with her, she's true. She's honest. She lays it out for you, but she makes you feel empowered that you can do whatever it is you're trying to do. She makes you feel like you can have a voice and you can, you know, I can send her a message and, you know, asking whatever question and her response is always, if the platform makes you feel good, go for it. And it's always something that sort of, she always offers herself. I'm here for you whenever you want. And that's that's just amazing. Oh my God, Maya. I, she is, from the moment I met her, she stood out on her own. You know, many times people refer to her as, um, Congressman Elijah Cummings' widow, and she is, but she is a woman unto herself. She has always carved a space for herself. And it's admirable, the strength that she has, the empathy and the integrity. Um, so many things that you see happen within campaigns. For me, sitting back and watching her, and the fact that she 
could take something that could possibly help her campaign, but may not necessarily, but may hurt someone else. I saw her take a step back. Yes. And that for me showed me who she really is as a person, as a leader. And, you know, my admiration for her just grew the entire time um, I was volunteering on her campaign because it just made me realize that, you know, how sort of selfishly I was right. She's really, <laughs> she's really an amazing woman. And she really is the type of person that I can stand behind. She's just an amazing person. The strength and perseverance that she has is immeasurable. And I think, um, I think we lost an opportunity, but that's neither here nor there. But I'm so happy that she's still um, taking the, the mantle and she's still leading and doing what she's doing. So I was really happy to meet you there because my goodness, your energy and your spirit is just so beautiful, Nakia. I was probably a bully. I've been told that I'm a love bully. I probably bullied my way into your space. <laughs> easy. was easy. You're lovable. You're caring. Oh, thank you. And you said something that was so key. Wow. Um, she, um, um, the Honorable Maya Rocky Moore Cummings did not get the victory in the race that she was running for. She still made her posture of leadership. She's still a loud voice. She's still a relevant voice. And for that, I will always honor her. And on the days where I have questions in areas I've never chartered in before, she's going to be one of the, the top people on my list to call because she truly is a modern day trailblazer and a history in her own right. Um, ladies, my first question to you is in the midst of um, the darkest days we've ever lived in, we've ever experienced in our lifetime. And, and please let me um, add to there that while we are, we are living in some of the darkest days, we've seen some beautiful moments arise that should be acknowledged. We, elect, we elected our very first African-American woman to the second highest office of our land. I mean, absolutely amazing. It was a time where I can look at my 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 daughter who's 23 years old and my granddaughter who's three years old. And I said, little brown girls, y'all can be whatever you want. Man, child, you've already seen an African-American president lead the highest office in the land. There are no more limits to who you can be, my brown babies. Let me tell you something, your dreams are possible. All you have to do is dream it. And Mama Nakia, she's going to push you to be the greatest you can be. Um, not only have we seen the highest offices represented and um, people that look like you and people that look like me, we've also seen some monumental movements on the heels of some very, very, very um, detrimental moments. The birthing of Black Lives Matter, the unity that it created around the world will forever be discussed. Um, we've seen legislation on local levels that we fought for for so long. We've seen that legislation pass. And yet, what seems like a time when most will be running from leadership, even with those tidbits of beautiful moments, um, I see women like me and like you, um, courageous women who have decided whether it's in 2021, 2022, or not in the, the far too distant future, that now is my time to answer the call to hold a public office. 
I used the word um, earlier um, when we were talking that I said that when you decide to run for a public office, I don't think that is something you choose to do. I think it's a call. And I say that because I think of politicians like pastors. Sometimes it's a thankless job. And long after the emotion of the attention that the office gets you is gone, there are days where the only thing that is going to keep you there is your commitment. So, ladies, um, when you think of running for a political office, you know you have to feel it. You know you have to live it. You know you have to be it. Why now? And Fatmata, I'm going to start with you. Well, um, in 2018, I ran for state delegate. I was, in a, I was not successful in gaining one of the seats. However, there was a lot of momentum. People who otherwise may not have participated, participated. And I saw a change within my community that I had not seen before. And it had given me encouragement in knowing that to a certain degree, I believe that we can make an impact if we put our, fo our best fo foot um, forward. And over the last few years, seeing what has been happening in um, my county, in my community, in my district, I really believe that there's a question of equity. There's a question of um, fair dealings. There's a question of um, fair treatment. And I honestly believe that I can make that change. So I haven't decided the steps that I will be taking. Emerge is, is, um, is teaching me, is helping me come to that decision. But I think that there's a lot more that needs to be done in my community, for my community, and with my community to make it a much better place. Um, not that it's not good because Montgomery County, we love our county. Mm -hmm. um, but I think my district and my community um, can always have improvement and so can the county um, as a whole because we can always do better. And we know that the issue of um, equity and or equality has always been there and it still is. And it's sort of the elephant in the room that we don't always talk about or we don't always feel comfortable discussing. But I think it needs to be addressed. And I believe that um, it needs to happen very soon. So th that's where I am. So Yolanda, I'm going to ask you the same question. Why now? I say, why not now? You know, yes! um, <laughs> you know, it's something I always joke and say, like, I was born to serve, you know, since I was little. I come from a mom that's a retired educator, 35 years in the classroom. A father that is now a retired captain chaplain uh, in the county and, and other regions, too. And I was born to serve. You know, this this is our life is not just ours. You know, we're here to serve, help people. And what really lit a fire uh, for me was, you know, um, I've always been one that's worked directly with victims of domestic violence, uh, rape, human trafficking, and just seeing like these people really need some help. And again, echoing what uh, Fatimata said, you know, equitable. You know, uh, I, I live in Prince George's County in the Northern region. And our area was hit 
hard by this pandemic. We've always, my husband and I have always served this community in this district through youth development, through sitting on human trafficking task force, through just working nationally with a faculty assessment and just sitting home through this pandemic and seeing that this pandemic does not discriminate against race, uh, ethnicity, wealth, and just really getting in there and noticing that our area could use some improvements. It's, it's, it's great, but it could be better. And just working more through this pandemic, delivering food, helping folks who need help with rental assistance, whatever it may be. You know, whatever my decision is to run or not to run, I'm still going to serve this community and this district because we need a voice. And I know I am that voice that has not only worked directly with folks, but also at a higher level. So that's that's my call. And so to answer your question, why not now? It's my time. And that merge, emerge has really prepared me and made me think and just ground me. So why not now? One of the things that I learned is that when you decide to do a thing, researching it, refining it, um, sharpening your skills, developing tools to make sure that you are a success is necessary to achieve any goal. And you will hear us constantly reference Emerge today. It is not, we are not paid by, we are, you will not see hashtag ad um, underneath the definition of this podcast for Emerge. But I do believe that when that was something was created to make you better, that you should share it because you're not the only one who needs this help, who needs these answers. And Emerge has been just that, an answer to us. One of the things that I've learned in my journey is that it costs to be a leader. I have lived in Prince George's County my entire life, my entire adult life from 18 to 46. I've lived in the exact same district. I've lived from um, the part of my district where I would have to try to get home before it was dark outside. Um, being a single mom of two, I didn't want to walk in my building with no lights um, after dark to a place where in the same exact district where you can leave your door unlocked and, and your home is okay. And I looked at the, um, from point A to point B, and I realized that the goal is the same no matter what your zip code is. The strategy to get there may be different, but help everyone get to the same goal. And I believe that I am a diverse answer to whether you live in 2047 or 2021. And one of the things that leaders have to do is to be able to relate to every zip code in their region, every class. And no matter where you find yourself, you can help somebody and bring them along the way. Leaders are called to be an answer. Leaders are called to places of help and leaders are called to be who they are sometimes without recognition. You said that we serve on a human, um, we together have done some some work in Prince George's County as it relates to human um, trafficking. And the one thing that I find the common de denominator in most of our emerged sisters is that most of them 
have been the number two people in whatever capacity they worked in. And people would say, well, I don't know who you are. Are you qualified to sit in this seat because you are the number two people and the number two person? And this is what I say to you. The number two people are really the number one person because we are supplying the number one person with everything they need to speak, to serve, and to become. All that the number one person really has to do is be the mouthpiece to the information and the strategy that we give them. So the number two people are more than qualified to be number one. We chose to be number two for the, the time that we've been. Now is the time to step up and be the person that God or whoever you believe in called you to be. I believe in God unwavering. So that's who you'll hear me reference office. God called me to this place and I'm answering the call. I don't want him to raise up my replacement. Um, Yolanda, tell us something about yourself. Tell us something that you enjoy doing. Prince George's County is one of, I'm sorry, Montgomery County. I love you, but I'm biased. I have to be. I believe that Prince George's County is one of the greatest counties in Maryland. We have so many things to do here. We have so much rich history right here in Prince George's County. But share with me something that you absolutely love um, doing here in Prince George's County, Maryland. Thank you. For me, I have been in this area since 1989. I grew up in District 2 of the county. Um, Raised in Woodstream Baptist Church, used to be formerly Landover Baptist Church. Um, my family is from Puerto Rico, but we're also Washingtonians. What I love about my county, sorry, gorgeous Prince George's, yeah, the diversity where I am. Like I can, I'm in a block where I can actually get papusa, African food, Ethiopian food. We have one of the dopest. I'm sorry, I have to put it out there. Yeah, uh, coffee shops. Over in Hyattsville, uh, the Arts District, the Alante Coffee. I'm sorry, I'm not. I'm not paid by them, <laughs> but I am fueled by them every morning. And it's yeah. literally like, cheers! Everybody knows your name. You know, we have some of the dopest artists up in up over here in the county, and it's just so diverse. You know, I, that's what I love about it. It's diverse. Like we have a new uh, first black. Own wine bar that's coming over in Northern Prince George's yeah. County over in Mount Rainier. You know, we have some of the best gangster vegan, you know, uh, if you're into vegan food, there's three within like a mile radius and everybody is just loving it. We have some of the best trails going into the Anacostia. Um, and again, you know, I'm just loving it. I'm just loving the international park. The arts part, it's very diverse. Uh, my daughter, who we're raising here in Prince George's County, where I was raised in the same district, gets to experience all that wealth of arts, knowledge. And, you know, one thing my parents drived on me was just being diverse in so many ways. And also not just being raised here in Prince George's County. I went to Bowie State University where I received my master's in public administration, Bulldog Pride. <laughs> and, and it's important. So I, I love this county and I love my district. 
That's so great. That is so great. Um, I'm so glad you um, said cheers where everyone knows my name. It um, reminded me that my organization, A Woman's Voice Matters, kicked off our small business tour right here, um, support our local businesses right here in Prince George's County. One thing that I believe during a pandemic, while so many dreams is dying, um, so many dreams have been birthed. But I do believe that during this time, it is vital for us to pour into our local businesses to to go and support them. They need us during this time. I do not want to have to go to Montgomery County to get a great cup of coffee or I, you know, I'm in district six. I will drive to Highsville to get a dope cup of coffee, but I would prefer to rem remain close to home. So one of the things A Woman's Voice Matters is, did was we started, we kicked off our support our local businesses tour. And the first stop that we had was the Starbucks and four Maryland. And for me, that was a place that was my cheers. That was my everyone knows my name. When that Starbucks was first built, I lived in Forest Creek Apartments. I screamed from the rooftops. I was so excited about it. And there were some days where life happened. And the only expression that I can give were tears coming down my face because life had stolen every word I could possess. I would walk into that Starbucks. They would call my name. They would greet me with open arms and they would put a smile on my face. And I vowed that when life gave me the opportunity to give back while it's a brand new Starbucks, brand new ownership. My memory is still alive. I vowed that I would support that business. And it was an honor to kick it off last Friday. It was so enjoyable to touch the residents of Prince George's County and to see that people literally cannot take being blessed. I mean, they were like, what do I do for you? Nothing. Just enjoy a cup of coffee. But it was amazing. Um, the appreciation that that Starbucks show was absolutely a lifetime memory created. Um, and that's exactly what we have to do. Yolanda, you talked about all of those small, those local businesses near you. We have to support them so that we can remain a diverse community in food, in theater, in culture, in everything. Um, Fatmata, what is it about Montgomery County that you absolutely enjoy um, being in the midst of? Wow. Well, it's sort of similar to um, Yolanda, because when I first moved here from Florida, it was because I moved here almost right after law school. And what I found was the diversity that Yolanda was just talking about. And I literally live where I can walk to um, store and get my African food, get my smoked fish, get you know my groceries. And in the shopping center, you have an Ethiopian store, you have um, different restaurants from uh, Asian restaurants to soul food. And it's just, it's amazing. And it's, and it's beautiful. If you go downtown Silver Spring, you have all these restaurants from West African restaurants to Asian, to Greek, to French, you name it, you have it, um, Caribbean. And when nighttime comes, it becomes like this whole different place where it's, you have the nightlight. That's just great. So when you put all that together, you can't beat it. Um, and it's fantastic. From where I live, of course, for you to get downtown Silver Spring, you need to have a car. Um, you can have, you can take the bus, but you know, nightlife with the bus doesn't 
quite, you know. Mm -hmm. So, you know, so th those are some of the, the issues that sort of put a little crink and stuff, but it's a beautiful, it's a beautiful county. You got, we have we have so many parks over here and the parks department is doing a great job in making sure that we have places to go to be outside. So many um, trails, it's beautiful. It's, um, it's a great place to be. It is, um, you know, some say Montgomery County has, uh, what is it? It's one of the richest um, counties in the state or something or in the country or something to that effect. And which is, you know, which is true um, by numbers, statistically speaking. But they're also regular folks who, who are work, hardworking people. And we have a lot of hardworking people who take pride in themselves and in their community. So those are the things that I really, really um, enjoy about being here in Montgomery County and uh, the community um, service and community um, grassroots organize, organizing that takes place here um, and uh, how vocal people can be. Um, we've had police shootings here and then groups who will immediately get on it and they will be vocal and boisterous and will give a voice to someone who otherwise would not have had the voice. We'll give a voice to children who otherwise would not have had the voice. And they're people who are unapologetic about that. And I that is so impressive to me. And it gives me strength. It gives me motivation to remain here and be here and continue to work with the community. So those are the things that I love about this county, about this county and my community and the neighborhood. That's so great. And for me, uh, and trust me, I've seen the passion behind Montgomery County. I've seen it on the news. Y'all are some extremely passionate people. <laughs> um, for me, the parts about Prince George's County that stand out the most is first and foremost, our golf course. My husband and my man child both play golf. We actually live right on the golf course. And while I do not actually play golf, I talk a lot of smack. I mean, you can't tell me that I cannot play because I talk a lot of trash. But in actuality, I am not coordinated enough to swing, hit the ball, do that. I'm not coordinated. I don't have an eye for it. But I love our beautiful golf course here at the Woodmore Country Club. And when it comes to resources, Fabiola, you said something. I do believe if statistics still remain the same, that Prince George's County has the largest number of wealthiest African-Americans in the entire state of Maryland. And one of the things that I do enjoy about Prince George's County is the wealth of free resources that we have here in the county. When I tell you, so I did a couple of weeks ago, I was a part, I did one-on-ones um, in honor of Domestic Violence Awareness Month. I'm passionate about the topic because I grew up um, witnessing domestic violence in my home just about every day. And I grew up, I didn't break the curse with, um, the curse wasn't broken. So I repeated the thing that I hated, another story, another time. Um, but to have, which this is where my passion is derived from, um, I had um, a town hall with Denise McCain, who heads up the Family Justice Center here in Prince George's County and in a group of other women. And when you find out all of the resources that are here in Prince George's County, I lived in Prince George's County all my life and I was in awe. And the thing that I, I appreciated the most, and, and this is so minute, but this is something. 
that keeps domestic violence women in their situation so longer than what they absolutely should be because i feel as if nobody should live in a situation where their life feels threatened is the fact that they said if you do not if you want if you you're staying to maintain your income we have a special division for those in prince george's county who's used to living a certain um way we have services derived specifically for you so that you won't be tempted to go back after you had the courage to leave i mean that's how detailed oriented prince george's county is in their services whether it's for women men children we have an array of free resources here in our county and i am honored to be associated with the county that goes out of their way to make sure that the residents who whether you can afford it or you cannot afford it the service is still the same it's absolutely amazing so those are my takeaways and why i enjoy being a uh, proud while i enjoy being prince george's county pride proud not only because we have our first african-american county executive we have our very first african-american police chief we have our very first african-american um school superintendent we have our very first latin Tino, um, Yolanda, come on, give me my plug. She is the first assistant. I know I'm getting this wrong. Forgive me. Chair, vice chair, the first Latina. So yes, on our county council. So we are a diverse county. And one thing that you can see is that no matter your race, your gender, if you have the qualifications to lead, you can lead right here in gorgeous Prince George's. So I am honored. I'll shout out Prince George's County all day long. But with that being said, ladies, um, share with us. So um, Yolanda, you are a mother. And when you think about a time that we will forever talk about and when you're and I'm going to talk from um, the verse jo Joshua four and six. When your children ask, what mean these stones? What mark did you make in the earth during the last year of this pandemic? Well, like most moms and families, you know, we were hit hard. Um, I am a mother to three children. I have two sons that are with the Lord. They passed away almost three years ago, uh, Nicholas and Bo. And I have a beautiful seven-year-old daughter, Sophia. Uh, this year was rough. She was pulled out of school, you know, forced to do homeschooling, uh, online learning like the world has gone through. And I'm a little blessed, to be frankly honest with you, with my mom being a retired teacher. She said, all right, and the building's closed, but grandma's school is open. And that's a different type of school. <laughs> so this year, you know, I'm, I'm so proud of my family and my daughter uh, taught us resilience being prayerful and the mark I leave is you still serve. It's during this time, my family has still delivered thousands of meals to folks within our district uh, who were suffering and impacted, not just physically from COVID, but emotionally, socially, economically. It's been rough on folks. And um, the mark I leave and we continue to teach our child is to have a voice. You're a woman. You advocate, you articulate clearly, and you still serve. And that's the mark we're leaving. Um, that's if anything, if the Lord took me home right now, that's what she would know. I have a strong mom that spoke up 
and she will do the same. Um, this year has impacted, like I said, all of us. And it, it had, it didn't discriminate. And we're still going through it. And we always put God first. And that's how we serve. So that's the mark is to serve. Amen. Listen, we serve an unfailing God. So you are you you put in, you are putting your trust in the right place. Pat Mata, many of us are starting from zero. The legacies that were before us did not leave us a roadmap or strategy, some of us not even finances, to do what it is that we were called to do. What are you doing to prefer? prepare the legacies behind you so they too won't have to start from zero? Well, I don't have any children. <laughs> However, um, I have spent a lot of time um, trying to set a better example for my niece, my nephews, um, and for those young people around me that I mentor, my cousins, my little cousins. Um, really set an example by actions, right? So focus my attention on um, being a motivator, focus my attention on uplifting, and focus my attention on giving a helping hand where needed. Um, this year, this past year, as many of us know, some of us have lost loved ones, and it's been devastating. And it's one of those things where you, if you're not prayerful, you sort of, um, you go in, into yourself and stay there, but you can't. Um, and you have to be um, stronger, not just for you, but for those who are around you and are watching and are looking for guidance and direction. And what I've tried to do is build on myself at the same time, strengthen myself, uh, make certain changes that I probably would not have been able to do if I was not working from home, if I didn't have the privilege of working from home and being able to communicate with family and um, connect with them and with my community, even if it's from afar and providing whatever guidance I can privately to, um, to certain members of the community and try to do the best I can. Um, so I think just just living um, a better life, living a prayerful life, living um, a life that can be reflective of where I believe we need to go, direction we need to go, and um, providing feedback where needed. So, um, yeah, that's about it, really. Wonderful, wonderful. I know during this time, I have um, I'm served. I've served as the chair of the Faith Based Advisory Board for Prince George's County, and one of this time that I have um, witnessed living with the pastor, and you know, um, again, I always um, believe that pastors and politicians both have the same, very similar criteria. The only difference, well, we won't get into that. Um, but one of the times that I've seen for my husband that as a leader, you are expected to always have the answers. Like you do not have a day where you get to have a bad day. You do not have a day where you get to tell me, I don't know, because there's so many who's looking for you to always be what it is that they need in order to 
for life to make sense. So during this time, I um, I focused a lot on mental health not just my own, but um, I partnered with some community leaders, some first ladies here in Prince George's County and did a series of mental health town halls. And we wanted to make sure that that during this time, busy was the one of the greatest distractions any of us ever had. And it wasn't until life got quiet that we realized that busy was one of the greatest distractions that we've ever had. And when you are left alone to be faithful, me, myself, and I, everyone does not always survive that time. And my husband says something that's so key. He always says, don't go up in your head by yourself. So one of the marks that I wanted to make is to make sure that mental health was addressed because it should not, you, no one should ever have to go through alone. So I did, I focused a lot on mental health and I am concluding a literary work. Um, while I've been a co-author to for uh, several other authors, I've never single-handedly um, wrote my own book. And one of the things that I wanted to share was I did not get married until I was 38 years old. And I wanted to share with people that when you go from being the head of your house, making all of your decisions, being a strong African-American woman to being a submitted wife, that transition and the things in between, it needs to be discussed. And God blessed me with a patient husband um, who had the grace to walk with me through. Look, this book is me talking to me and letting you listen. Um, marriage is one of the greatest things that happened to me, but I promise you it was one of the hardest things that happened to me but I was graced with a patient partner. And so during this time, I'll be able to not only tell the story of um, COVID-19, but I'll also be able to tell my grandchildren's children, children that grandma Nakia wrote a literary work during this time. I did maximize the moment, the best to my ability. So uh, we all have a story to tell. We all have a mark to make in the earth. Uh, we were all called for such a time as this. And one of the things that I do know about you too is that you know how to cultivate a community of change and to be the voice of change that we not only need to hear, but we need to see. This is a time where all authenticity is going to be your straight, your greatest superpower. And as we close um, this segment of Harversations, which has been absolutely phenomenal sharing it with uh, my sisters, um, Yolanda, share with us some closing remarks as you wear your super armor of transparency, your strength of consistency, and your commitment to make a change. So my commitment is just, it's, it's very God-driven and it's very, I've been in this district since I was nine years old and it's my everything. And I want to be a part of the more changes that are coming. And again, I believe in my life, either you are a rooster or a hen. The difference is a rooster clucks and is annoying and gets nothing done. A hen is quiet, but people benefit from the fruit of her labor. So now that that is said is, I plan to be a little bit of both. I will still get things done, but in my works of direct services for over 15 years, people with benefit, is now time for me to be a louder voice 
still getting things done. So in life, I am that hand and I will continue to make a mark. And that is my legacy. And that is my commitment to Prince George's County because I am Prince George's County pride. And to you, see my love. I'm going to come over there and try some of that fish over in Montgomery County. You guys do have some good Ethiopian food. They got nothing on Prince George's County. I'm sorry. <laughs> Yolanda, when you come over my house and we play in um, my closet and do all those Wait. girly things, <laughs> bring me some food from over there in your district. All I right. want to experience all it right. all. I want mortgage board and then when i'm done that mother is gonna make sure that i got a pill to pop to get rid of all these calories that i just <laughs> indulged in <laughs> one of the things that I'm, I'm i'm honored to share with you ladies is that we share the same sentiments as it pertains to local elections local elections are extremely important they are the elections that affect where we live work and worship and the local elections are the less, are the least, let me just say this, because I, I don't want to be offensive when I say it. So I want to be very specific. I want to be very clear in my wording. There are not a lot of voters that turn out for local elections. And we are going to scream it from the rooftops how important this is. The, the schools, the public schools that your children go to, the charter schools that are in Prince George's County, the rules the regulations, the money that is spent, your tax dollars as it pertains to education, it is done by the people that you elect to the school board, to the local area that you live in. When you run a red light, when you speed through a red light camera, when you um, have a run-in with the law, when you have to go before a judge, um, if you are like me, we have young kids. And while I hope that my children never have to be faced with this, well, actually my daughter, cause she's speed demon in the car, they have to go before a judge and that judge will determine their fate. Do you realize the power you have in your County? You put them in that seat. You have the power to say who sits on the bench and who does not sit on the bench. When you look at our roads, our potholes, do you want two days a week trash? I know that I do. When you look at your county, how it is governed, the upkeep of the county, do you realize that you put your county executive in his or her office by going to the polls? Local elections to me matter while general elections do matter because they do put the president in office he is the high that is the highest office of our land where i lay my head at at night matters so much to me and we put those officials in office local elections matter that mata as you are deciding what life is going to where life is going to take you and what it is that you're going to do one of the questions that i would love for you to answer because you did something that you probably take lightly but not many people recover from it you said you ran for a political office and you did not win the first time you're gary you have enough strength enough tenacity enough fortitude to do it again how are you able to do that? Because I know people that lost elections and I have not heard from them since. Um, well, I think part of the thing was 
the reason I wanted to run to begin with was not just to run or to have a position, but to make an impact. And that hasn't changed, right? So from the minute the decisions, the 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 post came back, the post closed and the results came back and found out that did not win um, one of the seats. It was disappointing, it was heartbreaking. But the one thing I was thankful for is the fact that right after that, even the next day, like I think I may have just taken a week off and went away, you know, a week or two, I went away somewhere, but came back and just went right back into being me, just continue working within a community, continue serving the community, continue being in all the grassroots organizations I was always in prior. That didn't end. I continued doing workshops um, to provide um, legal advice for those who otherwise cannot afford it. I continued doing everything that I was doing before I started running in 2018. So that didn't change. And up to this point, I'm still doing the same thing, whether I'm doing um, online because of COVID, of course, whether I'm doing um, online presentations on um, legal issues or online presentations or discussions on local or um, community issues or doing a lot of civic engagement. So I've continued being more involved in coalition building. So getting involved in all these women groups and um, ethnic groups, cultural groups that have been sort of the backbone of changing the landscape for, in the 2020 election cycle. Because for me, civic engagement is, is extremely, extremely important for our communities. Extremely important because the reality is, as you said earlier, Nakia, who you put in office determines how your life is going to be. I know many people think I don't do politics. And you know the saying, if you don't know politics, politics will do you. And that's because who you have in office are the ones who make the decision what, how much you're going to be making per, per hour when you work will be the ones to determine whether your potholes will be fixed, will be the ones to determine how long your child will be in school, will be the ones to determine whether your child goes to school at all. And that has shown you during this pandemic, there are people who are making decisions for your child's daily life, not you, them. And those are the people who are in charge. And they're in charge because either you put them in office or by your vote, or you put them in office by you not voting at all. So it's you, you have these um, dynamics going on. So I've spent a lot of time trying to get people more civically engaged. Wait, 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 wait. I want you to repeat something you said. Either you put them in office by your vote or you put them in office by not going out to vote. That is extremely powerful. Correct. I'm so, sorry. I just, that bad repeating. That's okay. I, for me, I always want to make sure people understand that you speak by your actions and by your inaction. And that is something that we have to internalize and keep within ourselves and know on a daily basis that when we think about what we're going to do or not do, think about the consequences of those actions or non-actions, and it matters. And civic engagement, I know people don't like talking about politics, but I like to make sure people understand you live politics every day of your life. If you have a job, there's politics in that workplace. If you're in a relationship, there's politics in that workplace. There's politics in your home life. It does. No matter how you want to cut it, 
there's politics. Mind you, there's dirty politics, right? And the public sphere. However, it doesn't have to be dirty. Politics does not have to be a dirty word if you use it to the benefit of you and your community and your loved ones. And that's where we have to be because it makes a huge difference. We've seen it the last four years. We saw it the last four years. And if nothing else, that's what I've been spending my time trying to impress on people, impress on my community, impress on my county, impress on those who otherwise would not take the step to go forward either to vote or to run. Even though they may want to run for office, they're scared of running. Don't be scared. All, people, all the public can say is no, we don't want you. But you put your, foot, your best foot forward and you put your case to them as you do any other job interview, because that's what it really is, right? It's a job interview. I'm asking you to hire me to represent you. That's good. And that's what I'm doing. That's excellent. Ladies, I have to say thank you so very much. I adore sharing space with you. I'm grateful that God saw fit for us to be in the earth at the exact same time. And I'm grateful that our paths met. Um, as you are gearing up to consider running for offices, it is my heart's desire that it is a sweatless victory. It is my heart's desire that after we've lived through the last four years of who we lived through, after we witnessed an insurrection, that during this campaign season, that everyone choosing to run will focus on what it is that they can do for the residents of Prince George's County, that we will not increase the divide, this, that the spirit of division that was already planted in the earth. It is my heart's desire that we all realize that every voice matters, that every life matters, and that it takes courage to say that I am going to be a part of change. And that as you run, that you will not have to face the giants of, of attack in order for you to be a success. Um, ladies, I thank you so very much for all of you tuning in. I thank you for being a part of the second episode of Hervisations. This is a place where you matter, your voice matters, and together we all matter. I ask that you join us on April the 5th as we have another edition of Hervisations coming up. And again, to Fatmata and Yolanda, I wish you all the best in life. I thank you for sharing your voice with us today as it pertains to your journey, local elections, and your why. Some people need to hear your why because it will ignite something in them and it'll make them continue to be great. Until April the 5th, I wish you the absolute best. <laughs>